Jim, this is Florence Boyle. You worked for my husband last month in Glendale. You were so helpful then, and, well, I have a problem of my own I'd like to discuss confidentially, of course. Welcome to 200 Today, the podcast where we talk about the 70s television detective show, The Rockford Files. I'm Nathan Paletta. And I'm Epidia Ravishaw. And we have, a, we have a doozy of an episode today. Yeah. As we come to you with uh, to discuss Season 5, Episode 17, The Return of the Black Shadow. Yeah. Um, we should probably do a content warning right up mm-hmm. front here. Uh, there's rape and sexual violence. Mm-hmm. And that is what this episode is about. Yes. We're going to talk about it. We're not entirely sure how we're going to talk about it, but we're going to talk about it. And so it, this might be the this might be a, a, an episode to skip. If you're listening and you're like, I don't want to hear about that, mm-hmm. uh, then skip this episode in the Rock Files and, you know, maybe move on to our next episode. <laughs> yeah, this this one is, is coming up now as it is part of our um, exploration of the uh, of the wire diverse. And I have a mm-hmm. little news on that front, which is okay, that good. after reviewing um, actually this episode's entry in the Ed Robertson book, uh, 30 years of the Rockford files. He does include a note in that text that, uh, the last name is, pr- is pronounced wired. So William wired All right. apologies to ward or however yeah. we've been so saying it. Yeah. Thus we've far. just been making our best attempts at it, but is it wired? Well, it's good. That's easier to remember. And if you spent the last three episodes yelling at us about mispronouncing his name, uh, we got your email. <laughs> <laughs> but because of the time lag between when we record and when these drop. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we are we, we may be discovering it in advance of when that email uh, was sent to us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But good. Good on you. Good year. So, yeah, this is one of the uh, of our remaining William Wired epi- directed episodes to consider. Uh, it was chosen by making a list of them, sending them to Epi and saying, hey, pick one. Yeah. And uh, my decision process was uh, we have a two parter in that in that list mm-hmm. and we figure we should close out on the two parter. That seems like it's a, also a in season thing. six. So, yeah, it's like, yeah. Uh, and the return of the Black Shadow is a title that is specifically designed to draw my attention. Mm-hmm. So I I went with that un unaware of what we were stepping in but we were gonna have to step in this anyway so yeah yeah Yeah, this is also our final episode with the character of coop of john cooper yeah uh, bo hopkins played uh semi-attorney um who joined jim for some adventures earlier in season five this is not his final episode in the rock fries we just is done done his final episode beforehand right or am i this is his final appearance on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, his earlier appearances in order. Oh, so yeah, okay. Um, we most recently talked about him in our episode 108, The Jersey Bounce, mm-hmm. which was uh, the first couple of guys. Yes. Our, our second, but the first appearance of our couple of guys, in which he has a fairly major role. Uh he appeared in Local Man Eaten by Newspaper, which we did long ago. Long ago. Our episode number 28 wow. back in yeah. February of 2018. Um, I think he has kind of a minor appearance in yeah. that one. Um, and then he has a he's in like a phone call or something in an episode. He has an uncredited per IMDb voice credit in 
with the French heel back, can the Nehru jacket be far behind, which we haven't done yet. But that, yeah. I think, has not been on my list of the John Cooper episodes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll go ahead and put a put a, a star on that. But yes, this is his final appearance um, in The Return of the Black Shadow. And in, in many ways, this is a John Cooper episode this is a coop episode um similar to how another polish wedding another polish wedding was kind of a backdoor pilot um for gandy gabby and gandy there was i saw some speculation about whether this was a backdoor pilot i didn't see any evidence definitive yeah it was supposed to be i mean and bo hopkins was like doing fine like he's (laughs) yeah like he was a, a a known um actor uh he was on everything everything but he ended up in dynasty um for a while there's something where he has like a million credits i can't find it now there's there's a real good chemistry between him and jim and uh i like the french i would like i would love to have seen more episodes that i one of the things about this episode well there's a couple things about this episode but one of the things uh about what i just said about this episode Mm. is that it's just it's a lot of just him yeah. In in the same way that Gabby and Gandy was, you know, Jim was just kind of in the back. In this episode, Jim spends most of it in the hospital. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's it, it really feels a, a lot like they were setting up for more coop. It feels like a combo of that with Gabby and Gandy where Jim kind of fades into the background and then comes back. And yeah. also with uh, just a couple of guys where Jim is like the framing device for right. uh, an episode about <laughs> someone else. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it's kind of in that territory as well. Yeah. This one's written by Stephen Cannell uh, and is directly going for, as far as I can tell as a viewer, going for a 70s. I mean, it's in the 70s, obviously. What am I trying to say here? The vibe is one of those like, 70s like movies that's kind of yeah vengeance vengeance yeah it's a it's a bit of a vengeance story it's a bit of a road story yeah um with the motorcycles and everything it's about a motorcycle gang yeah and the vibe that i have for it and i have seen the episode before which is how i knew i wasn't particularly excited to watch it again but the vibe was kind of like when i uh watched easy rider mm-hmm. a couple a couple years ago god i feel like i talked about that on one of our first plus expenses <laughs> I might have, <laughs> but I want you know I watched Easy Rider, which came out in '69, as you know, an adult in the you know 2010s, yeah, possibly early 2020s, and I was struck by kind of the level of casual violence in it, which I think is part of the point. But like that's kind of yeah. is a generation of late '60s, early '70s gritty movies that are like kind of shockingly violent, mm-hmm. um, in a way that movies aren't necessarily. Uh, designed to be you know post that era this movie or this movie this episode isn't violent in that way but it is about sexual violence in a very on-screen way that yeah hit me in that same kind of like oh they don't do them like this anymore there is stuff in this uh that is similar to horror movies from the 70s uh but like I would say hits better in the horror movies because it's in the horror movies. It's not surround. It, the point is how shocking or bad the violence is. Mm-hmm. And in this one, it's a little bit like here it is. Here's the shocking and, and horrible bit of it. It 
you start off really kind of par- like I don't really remember this episode. Uh, well, we'll get to it when we get to it, I guess, or maybe we won't. Maybe we'll <laughs> see how this conversation works. But the beginning part of it, um, when things start to go south, it's really well done in that same style of like there's menace and threat in the air and it kind of comes out but you're also watching a rockford files episode right so Mm -hmm. you're you're expecting jim to do something to make it better and then he can't he can only deal with the situation that exists and that's good but then the show goes into the normal rockford files uh tenor Mm -hmm. right the Mm -hmm. normal rockford files tone uh, which feels a little whiplashy compared to how yeah. very horrible things are at the very beginning of it. Well, and it even kind of whipsaws a little bit because we start off we start off in Rockford Files zone. Yeah, like really good Rockford Files zone. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that that opening discussion in the car is oh, it's good stuff. Let's go ahead and get in and, and get into it since we are going to talk about the back and forth of the the, yeah. the tonal shifts as we so often do. But in this one, they're quite uh quite quite um large. They are yeah. of great magnitude. Just one other note I had from again reviewing um the entry in that Robertson book. I think I mentioned this in our last episode, but I actually found the quote again. So there's there's a, a quote here from Jack Gardner. Mm-hmm. Bill Wired had been a film editor before he became a director, and that was reflected in his approach to directing. When he was directing, he was always cutting the film in his own mind. He always seemed to know exactly the shot he wanted when he filmed it. And because of that, he never needed to shoot a lot of unnecessary film. He was really efficient and extremely effective as a director, and he was just marvelous to work for. Yeah, L- literally all we have on unwired uh i mean like that makes sense like Mm -hmm. oftentimes in creative endeavors the the most skilled person the most technically proficient person is the overlooked person like they're the Mm -hmm. ones who who make you realize that they're they do their job so well you don't think about their job right right right. that kind of thing and we'll 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 get into our preview montage in a moment but i do think there's an aspect of this episode which is one maybe one reason why we have both stumbled a couple times and said this movie is yeah especially when there's stuff happening in motion on the road, there is a yeah. very cinematic filmic quality that again, reminds me of easy rider, like reminds me yeah. of a road movie of the like sixties or seventies. And I think it's clearly inspiring how some of that stuff is shot in almost too good of a way. And I'll talk about that. I think yeah. maybe yeah. after uh, we talk about our preview montage. Uh, well, okay. So the preview montage is a microcosm of what we're about to experience, mm-hmm. which I mean, like, is kind of what you want in a preview montage. But what I got here is we're going to get biker gangs, mm-hmm. uh, which is the big selling point. Um, we're going to see Jim in trouble and then Jim in the hospital. Lots of menace about that. And then the closest you get in the 70s for a content warning, like they straight up say that there's going to be rape or there was rape or rape happened. Yeah, the line is something, something your sister was raped. Yeah. Uh, and then we get Coop undercover, which looks like it's going to be fun, but it, that immediately follows the fact that we know mm-hmm. that Coop's sister is, is going to get raped. So that's, you know, like like this whole episode, there's fun bits, but it's tucked into this. Coop yeah. undercover would be a good name for his yes. spinoff, though. <laughs> 200 a Day is a 100% listener-supported show. Thanks to our patrons. In addition to our gratitude and editing access to our 200 Files Files spreadsheet, patrons receive exclusive episode previews and plus expenses. Our bonus just chatting podcast about media, work, and life. 
We expend special thanks to our gumshoe patrons supporting this episode. Brian Burnson has a Facebook page where he drives his Rockford tribute car to shooting locations from the show. Check out facebook.com slash Brian Rockford Files. Join Mitch Hampton to examine all matters aesthetic at the Journey of an Aesthete podcast. And Paul Townend recommends the podcast Fruit Loops, Serial Killers of Color. You can find these shows wherever you get your podcasts. Dale Norwood wrote a book. It's about fast ships, cheap drugs, and American political economy, published by the University of Chicago Press. Find Trading Freedom, How Trade with China Defined Early America, wherever good books are sold. Chuck from whatyourreading.com. Shane Liebling has all of your online dice rolling needs sorted at his site rollforyear.party. And check out Jayadon's amazing miniature painting skills at jayadon.com. In addition, thanks to Andre Apignani, Tom Clancy, Pumpkin Jabba Peach Bug, Dave P., Dave Otterson, Kip Holly, Dale Church, and Colleen Kelly. And finally, special appreciation for our detective-level patrons. Joe Greathead, Michael Zalisco, Eric Antenner at Antenner on Twitter, Brian Pereira at Thermoware, Jordan Bockelman, not Brockelman, at Jordan Bockelman, Bill Anderson at BillAnd88, and of course, Richard Haddam at Richard Haddam. If you're interested in keeping us going for as little as $1 an episode, check out patreon.com slash 200 a day to see if becoming a patron is right for you. All right, so I think we're... How should we do this? In our... Not pre-plus expenses conversation, but our between-plus expenses and yeah. recording conversation. So we now have four separate conversations when we yes. hang out. Uh, <laughs> we we both were putting off starting the recording because it was yeah. like, okay, this one's going to be kind of rough. Um, so we're going to... We're going to probably hit this from a different angle. We're not going to go blow by blow, I think. I think we'll do a little more high level and then maybe drop yeah. into anything in particular we want to um, explore. Because um, there is a lot of good stuff. <laughs> it is the Rockford Files. This is the problem I'm going to have discussing this episode. Because there are two things happening here. There's a really pretty decent Rockford Files episode, right? Mm. Like this is just a well done Rockford Files episode that also is dealing with a topic that a Rockford Files episode needs to be absolutely catered towards to deal with. You can't just mm. throw it into a, a normal, decent Rockford Files episode. Yeah. And I think that that's the, the problem here, uh, is that, like, they should just not done the sexual assault, uh, and they would have had, like... So I think that's, like, the yeah. question, right? Like, why is this episode like this? And yeah. <sighs> There's kind of a danger here in the sense of I don't want it to sound like we're saying you can never put something bad on TV. Right. Right. Like, that's not I mean, I don't like that's not what I'm trying to say. And I yeah. don't think it's what you're trying to say. Um. So so I agree that I find like I found the super upfront focused on driver for action, mm -hmm. uh, not just rape, but multiple rape, great gang yeah. rape, of, gang rape yeah. you know, a character that we meet right at the beginning um to be just like just off-putting just like i like the first time i watched it i was like oh god like even yeah. though i'd seen the preview montage i knew there's gonna be a little more serious or whatever I, this is not a it's just not something i want to watch like i just don't want to spend my free time being in this story i guess but is that a product of the show not handling it well or is that a product of like this is just the kind of thing that i'm not interested in seeing in my fiction yeah i mean so okay let me let me complain about it for a little bit and we'll decide yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a couple things wrong with it 
how the show handled it. Um, so the, the, the big thing here is that the show is about Coop, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And he's not the victim of the rape, but that's sort of how it plays out, right? Like he, he's getting vengeance for what happened to his sister. We've never met his sister before now. She has a great introduction in this episode. The, the whole uh, yeah. So let's go ahead and frame frame what we're actually talking about because yeah. we're still kind of talking about a thing without actually talking about it. Um, our episode starts with Jim uh, taking Coop's sister Gail on a date. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it actually so it starts starts it, visually. We start seeing a biker gang at a gas station, and then the uh, Firebird drives past behind them and our credits are playing over them and, mm-hmm. and they're 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 hooting and hollering and you know being rambunctious and then the firebird drives past them in the background and then we switch to being inside the firebird and we you know uh learn a little bit about gail and this date and so gail's Coop's sister she's a little insecure she's a little insecure she's and kind of the gag here or the bit here is that she's like you must really be a good friend of Coop to agree to take me out on a date yeah. Like you he put you up to this kind of thing, right? And she's a bit of a bookworm. She works in like a physics department and it tells like a bunch of physics jokes. Yes. <laughs> which <laughs> are, which are which are pretty good. Yeah. She's played by um Lori Jefferson, who you probably won't remember from anything. She wasn't in a she was like in seven things around this time. Uh, I was, I just brought it up because I thought she did it. Like I really enjoyed this character in this moment, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is this is a fun fun bit of her uh, like rattling off the different kinds of physics. That, like we used to think it was all one, but now it's these different physics departments, and these are under this and under that. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. There, there's a there's a joke. The theory of relativity. You must know about that one. Yeah, Einstein. <laughs> no, silly. The theory of relativity is all about in-laws. <laughs> oh, that's an old physics joke. Yeah, and a good one, too. <laughs> waka waka. Uh, and you you kind of watch and you... Like, Jim is trying to reassure her that mm-hmm. he wants to be on this date. Yeah. And you see her sabotaging it. Mm-hmm. Not on purpose. Like, it, like, just the way that she's, like constantly trying to get Jim to admit that that he's just doing Coop a favor or yeah. something like that and uh and I love Jim's handling of it it's great he's not humoring her right but he is kind of like well Coop is a good friend like he's yeah. not denying that yes that may be the source of why we're going out on this date but he's also finding ways to interact with her he doesn't really get the physics stuff like he's mm-hmm. not really interested but you know she says well i've never been deep sea they're going to go deep sea fishing apparently he's like yeah. i've never been deep sea fishing and and jim says that like he hasn't done it either like it's going to be something new for both of them so there's yeah. there's something where he's like we're going to have a fun time yeah He's going to give it a, a the, the old college try, right? Like, he's, right. yeah, he's he's there. He he's wants to spend time with her. He's going to find the ways that they can connect. Neither of them are there going like, this is our next big romance. Like, that's not right. You know, on the table. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're just out to have a little fun. Yeah. And, and yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the 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 story uh, catches up to them. The, the gang that we saw earlier hits the highway and they end up surrounding the firebird and just like harassing. They yeah. like to harass civilians. Right. So they're mm-hmm. just like harassing Jim through the, through, through the open window. And he just starts honking and is like, wait, like, okay guys. Yeah. You've had your fun, you know, cut it out. 
you know, leave us alone, right? Just like wave them on. And that prompts a little bit of discussion with Gail. She's clearly nervous, but they, they, the gang takes off and Jim's like, okay, they're gone now. Everything's fine. Uh, She tells him that Coop used to be like them. And this is news to Jim. After their parents died, he went a little crazy for a few years and he was in a biker gang called the Vincent Black Shadow which apparently is named after a motorcycle. Assuming we see this motorcycle in, in the, uh, the episode. Uh, yeah. Coop I mean, I think that's it. Coop's motorcycle. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, it was the biggest moment of her life when he, he stepped up to become an attorney and left that life behind. And yeah, she says that when, when he got his, I think she says his, his like certification or something, his diploma. Yeah. Uh, she was so proud of him and she cried right there in front of everybody. And Jim gives her a great warm smile with a, you're all right, Gail. And she <laughs> says, oh, you're just saying that. That's right. But I mean it, too. Which is a good Garner delivery. Hard agree, Jim. Hard agree. Our, our story escalates uh, after Jim stops to get gas. The gang rolls into this gas station and then recognize him as the, the horn honker. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we get the menace pretty much immediately. So it's like it's like 20 guys like it's a yeah it's a group um we've seen at this point we've like seen their jackets that say the rattlers on them there's kind of three actual characters in the gang there's uh animal there's animal there's uh whispering willie who's kind of the leader um animal who's kind of the muscle and uh there's a a a real tall guy that i think is lenny lenny yeah these are all like character actors that you have seen be bikers and thugs and goons in other things both animal and willie have been in other rockford files episodes yeah animal was the bartender in another polish wedding yeah. uh, in one of the greatest rockford file scenes That's of all true. time <laughs> both his and uh coop's um imdb page uh starts off with his butt <laughs> But yeah, they, you know, they, 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 they're bullies, right? And they yeah. see some, some easy, easy prey as, uh, they start off giving Jim a hard time about like, oh, your, your horn works here animal, check out his lights. And he gets into the firebird and starts messing around and they see Gale and they kissy faces and all kinds of, you know, they're, they're, they're gross biker guys. Yeah. This is the appearance of Jack Garner in our episode, as he's the gas station attendant who oh, gets yeah. uh, bullied up to for 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 Willie to ask him, "Hey, you have a problem?" He's like, "No problem. I see no problem." This scene is is a um is a great. It's just a well done scene of like that sort of uh when when the villain it's very clearly villain or villains mm-hmm. have control of the situation, and then they just kind of delight in making people grovel to them yeah yeah whispering willie is you know expect pontificating you know he's 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 a he's preening yeah he has control of the situation he's enjoying that and uh everyone else is like we don't want trouble we won't do anything that you don't want us to do that kind of thing and jim does you know try to de-escalate he's like okay you've had your fun you know let us go and then they just jump him yeah there's just too many guys he gets taken down he's he gets beat up and then he does this is all very much in in, you know in character he 
tries to de-escalate. It doesn't work. He then is like, okay, you've had your fun. And that leads to another round of, you know, getting beaten up and stuff. And then he does go to being like, like, please leave us alone. Like, yeah. what is going to get us out of the situation? If it means me begging, then I, I'll beg. Right. Yeah. But um, it's not enough. They're taking the car and they're taking his mama. They're going to run a train on her in the canyon. Ugh. Um, we see Gail is clearly terrified, of course, and they give Jim a couple more kicks in the gut before Animal, you know, drives the Firebird out and they all fall out on their motorcycles. And then Jim, to his credit, immediately gets the keys to the tow truck from the mm-hmm. <laughs> from the attendant to follow them and tells him to call the cops um, as he is going to try and try and save Gail. So uh, we're, we're getting up to one of my my questions here, right? Mm. Now we have the threat of what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, it, it's going to happen. And one of the things that I think that where this episode falls down, uh, particularly, I, I think, in the writing, is that Jim, he gets the keys. He gets in the, the, the pickup truck and he or not pickup um, tow truck and he chases after him. Now, I get that a tow truck is not going to catch right. up with these things, with these uh, motorcycles. By the time he catches up with them he gets ahead of them mm-hmm. uh and and parks across a, a road to block them the uh firebird is now gone mm-hmm. and uh gail has has been raped right like that's mm-hmm. how this story works so we have a we have a weird time situation and this shows up again later in this episode mm-hmm. where stuff happens off screen thankfully but the stuff that happens off screen like there's no there's nothing in how it's filmed to indicate that there was time for something to happen off screen, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, because this this sequence is is kind of a back and forth montage of seeing the bikes and then yes. seeing Jim in the truck kind of going through like the same spots, kind of indicating the chase. Yes, exactly. And then it just cuts from seeing the bikes to seeing the truck come around the other way and confront the bikes. Yeah. Yeah. So So we have our first like off ramp, if you will. That they could have just been like, there was the threat, mm-hmm. but Jim interceded and people just got beat up. You know, that mm-hmm. this, I'm not saying that, like, I'm just just offering this to this this show <laughs> that they, they could have gone this route. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think one of the reasons why they didn't. And this is, I think, uh, the criticism, uh, a, a general criticism for this kind of story, like the sort of trope of this story, is that then we don't properly motivate Coop. Right, right. And it's really, really unfortunate that we need to to have this tale to motivate Coop, right? Like, that's, uh, I think, one of the big problems with what's going on here. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, I think yeah. clearly that off-ramp was not taken because this is the story they wanted to tell. Right, exactly. Right. So the question is, is this a story that needed to be told in this way? Right. So this, there has been some kind of time lapse. I guess the implication is like him figuring out how to get ahead of them or him yeah. overshooting them, realizing that he did and turning around or whatever is like the time in which he was assaulted. But Jim, he, he, he jumps out with a tire iron. He, you know, he yells at them. He says, come, come eat some iron. But mm-hmm. again, there's too many and they swarm him and give him a couple more kicks before they hear uh, sirens. And so the, the sirens of the approaching police cars drive off our our bad bikers and they literally dump gale is shove her off the 
yeah bike and we see we've seen a couple shots of her and she's there's blood on her face her hair's all messed up and she has this like fixed stare and she we, we are being shown that they have followed through on their on their threat so that's all our inciting action right uh coop arrives he co- he's coming into the hospital and from here on this is the a coop episode yes um we get the uh dialogue with the doctor um gail was sexually assaulted multiple times she's okay physically but mentally in deep emotional trauma and she's mostly unresponsive and is in psychological intensive care Jim apparently has a punctured lung, uh, in addition to his other injuries, not in good shape. Um, and we have made them the most like appreciative, uh, the the scenes that I most appreciate as a Rockford files fan are these ones where we now have Coop talk to Jim. And then later we have, uh, some, another interaction with Gail and like, those are like the real, like, okay, this is the show that I'm, (laughs) that I'm here to see kind of resonance. But, uh, yeah, like, as you say, this is kind of here to motivate Coop. And part of that is, is picks up on a Jim thing because Jim's like, leave it alone. I told the cops everything I know they're going to handle mm-hmm. it. You know, so Jim gets to be the guy trying to talk down a friend right. from doing something dangerous. But what gets to him is when Coop asks him if it was Rocky in there. Jim. Suppose there's Rocky lying in there. I got him looking at little boxes and triangles, and he's staring right past at him at a wall. You gonna let the cops handle it? I don't know, Coop. Well, you never lied to me, Jim. What would you do? I get that the this is the the emotional corollary, mm-hmm. like as important as right. Rocky is to you, you know, my sister is to me. But it's also kind of a weird false equivalence because of the nature of the assault. Yeah. Um, there's a thing in here. I'm going to criticize it again, which I like. But in the context of what was just said, because uh, the other thing that this does is that this removes Gale from the story until the end. Right. Yeah. We don't see Gale anymore. Uh, until the end uh she's she's not an active participant in anything that's happening after yeah there's a brief button on this so after he talks to jim he goes to see gail and it is a very emotional right moment because she is unresponsive as, yeah and he kind of breaks down sitting with her and yeah the acting here is good there is nothing yeah, wrong yeah. with the with the acting uh in these scenes they it hits it seems yeah that it feels right i see why he has this response Part of my problem with this episode is that this hits and then uh, the rest of it also works very well, but not when you slam them together, (laughs) (laughs) you know, Uh, but the Rocky thing, like my complaint was going to be then we remove Gail from the story and then we have the story of the dudes in Gail's life, which is, again, part of that trope that that's the problem. Yeah. Uh, but you know, he brings up Rocky and if this had happened, if Rocky had been beat up by a bunch of biker and then we didn't see him until the end of the episode, I wouldn't have thought twice about it. It just would have, I would have been Mm -hmm. like, yeah, of course he's in the hospital. He's, he's recovering or whatever. We don't need, uh, Rocky's input for what Jim's going to do for the the rest of this. So thinking out loud. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, so we're, we hit like sort of this emotional point, uh, where we've now, We've pushed Coop forward, and uh, we've also set it up so that Jim is hospitalized and cannot participate in a meaningful way. Mm. Uh, and we're about to have the Cooper Files, 
<laughs> I mean, that's my that's my trouble with that's my problem with this episode is that I actually enjoy the Cooper files. I mm. I, I I'd like uh, seeing Cooper do what uh, the, the stuff that comes up next or whatever. I just really don't like how they handled the motivation. Mm-hmm. It's not even that I don't like the first part of it. It's just that, like I said before, these feel like two different episodes. Like mm-hmm. this, the first part motivates the second one, but then the second one's tone is, this has got menace in it, but it's, it's got lots of comedy. It's a lot of, um, uh, just kind of a rollick, a little bit of a romp. Yeah. When you consider who all of these villains are and what they had done, right? Yeah. The overall tone of the episode is not a straight up revenge movie. Right. Which also not a movie. It's not a kind of movie I particularly no. want to watch personally, but like I get that that is a, a bit of a genre, but those movies tend to be the victim gets right you know the the victim taking their revenge on the perpetrator whether yeah. it's sexual assault or like whatever you know the, the, many of them are right and so this i guess in a way and i i probably wouldn't have liked watching that episode very much either but like in a way falling back to coop is motivated by the assault of a woman in his life mm-hmm. like it's almost a half step like if it's if it's a going after the biker guys who did this and he has to go back to his roots to like, because that's the thing, right? He has yeah. to go back to his to his life as as a black shadow to infiltrate the gang, right? That's yeah. to seek revenge. Like that's a cool story. Like that's a fun thing that we get to watch him do. But the reason he's doing it is just so like, aren't there other reasons he could be doing this? And it would be, and it would mesh. Yeah, better? it would have been it would have been easy to have it, them just beat up Rockford and have that be like, mm-hmm. like I'm not saying that Gail isn't, I, like I said, I really enjoyed the Gail stuff in the mm-hmm. beginning, but like if she wasn't in the story, if Rockford was just driving back from a case or something, mm-hmm. he still would have been motivated. We could have gotten Coop in and Coop doing it. It would have been a little off, like, mm-hmm. like, um, but uh, you, you might have like more of like Coop and Dennis talking about how to deal with this thing that happened to Rockford, right. which I mean, I would have enjoyed. I mean, and we do get some fun Coop and Dennis stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, so how he goes about this is Coop talks to Dennis because Jim has now given them both the same information. He like, yes. there's like one license plate. He remembers there's the name animal that he heard. He knows the gang's called the Rattlers. Yeah. And so Dennis is saying, well, we, you know, we followed up on all this. Uh, our gang database doesn't have the Rattlers as an active gang. They disbanded 10 years ago, maybe some other gang from up North, but, um, there's nothing there for us to look into. They just yeah. aren't, you know? Um, and then that the license plate is registered to a dirt bike that's owned by a catering company. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's an above board, normal business. Jim must've just gotten the plate number wrong. Rockford saw the plates and Rockford doesn't make mistakes. Rockford makes mistakes all the time. He got busted up pretty bad. He misread the plates, pure and simple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, Dennis tells Coop, we haven't had any run-ins in the past and I don't want to start or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. He's yeah. like, so stay out of it. Coop's like, I'm out of it. Which again, feels like a great starting point for, you know, yeah. the, the, the Coop mysteries where Dennis ends up having to be like, you know, you're, you're getting in our business again, Coop, right? Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dennis and Coop could have a dynamic in a way yeah. that Dennis and Jim have a dynamic. Um, yeah. which is nice. Uh, but yeah, clearly he's not going to stay out of it. And we have, 
the good little scene of him going into his garage and pulling mm-hmm. the drop cloth off of his old bike and putting his aviators on and it's the yeah. you know the meme that's like Bugs Bunny and a Bugs Bunny like praying with the gun and it says Lord forgive me time to go back to the old me yeah <laughs> that's uh that's that's this scene <laughs> yeah yeah I saw this scene and I couldn't help but like lament that we didn't get a late seventies early eighties Bob Hopkins ghostwriter uh, yeah Bo Hopkins sorry that would be really good. He he looks like uh, Johnny Blaze, right? Like he mm-hmm. looks like the the comic book character before the Flaming Skull bit. Um, but I'm trying to think if there was a Ghost Rider because like this would have been around the time of Reb Brown's uh, Captain, America, Captain America, right? Yeah, and uh, I don't know. But anyways, so yeah, so the the actual story here is the most. This is written by Stephen Cannell. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, part. And it gets right in... Like, this is a very straightforward episode, plot-wise, and I guess it kind of has to be. Yeah. It's, it's using the emotional weight to carry the investment through the, you know, through the story, right? The way I see this episode in my head is that there's the, the beginning part, and then, like, Coop at, with Dennis, I think, would be, like, the, the where we shift into mm-hmm. the next part, and then we'll come back... Uh, to Gale at the end, but this this middle chunk here is uh, lacking a lot of Rockford, but otherwise a very Rockford. It's it's, it's full of Rockfordishness without having Jim in it. Yeah, again, like it's it's fun. So I'm going to you know I'm going to try to just let the guard down and enjoy this part of this while we yeah. talk about this, and then we'll come back to like the bigger problem uh, when we get to the end because I feel like there's another bit at the end that's a little bit of a trouble, but. Uh, yeah, definitely uh, loved seeing him uh, <laughs> embrace it. It's also kind of fun because um, it's not entirely out of character for Coop. We don't have much character for Coop to to say that this is out of character for Coop. But it does feel like, oh, yeah, okay. So this next part reminded me of a similar scene in The Gang at Don's Drive-In, which we did back as our episode 99, just about a year ago, actually. Oh. We meet our villains, and they tell us a little bit of why they are the villains. (laughs) So it's like these guys in suits at Billy Bob catering company. Oh yes. And they are talking about how after 10 years, they're still scared of someone named Billy Mm -hmm. and he's still in their business for 30% because they were too scared to cut him in for less all those years ago. But the catering business is doing really well. They're up 25% in the last quarter. Mm -hmm. The, Donut shops are ready to franchise. They have a really good thing going here. But Whispering Willie has brought his his gang down from up north to, to load trucks, and they're causing trouble. Now, now this year, this setup is so Rockford Five. Mm-hmm, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Former biker gang members have become caterers, and their past is catching up with them. It, and, like, it's all going to come to a head. And I, like, yeah, this is, this is, uh, this is good, good Rockford Files uh set up here yeah this is where we learned that the i guess i'm just now connecting i guess willie whispering willie i guess mm-hmm. he's the son of this other guy billy who we that never might meet. be it's kind of implied it doesn't matter that much there's a, there's a bit where when rockford's describing the characters he, he knows he um he might be the same guy because when rockford says specifically that he was 39 or 40 where all the other kids were 20 right yeah i couldn't I couldn't tell. Yeah. Yeah. I got like an age blindness going mm-hmm. on here, but 
So that's set up for him being the actual guy from this other gang. Oh, mm-hmm. And he's just continuing to do I think that the was gang animal. stuff with a younger... No, no, no. I think he's talking about Willie. Oh, but, was he? Uh, okay. Yeah. Because I think the idea is that this is the same Willie, uh, same Billy or whatever. Uh, oh, okay. okay. He's now got a younger gang that he's recruited underneath him. He's the one who wouldn't go away from... The, like, wouldn't leave this old way gotcha. behind yeah, so they're they don't they're you know the, the, this gang is making runs and it's gonna yeah cause the 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 authorities to look into it and they don't want to uh, they say suppose they find out this whole company is put together by us um, and so they say we're gonna we need to stop him we'll tell him to get out of town or we'll feed him his spurs yeah Coop uh, has a very easy time infiltrating the gang. I guess he just hangs out by a mechanic or something until he looks at his bike. Yeah, yeah until he can talk to a guy who's starting to look at his bike because he hasn't seen one of these uh, in over 10 years. It's got an antique plate. I, I know. Noticed. I noticed that, too. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. He, uh, uh, Coop, you know, he's wearing this, like, sheepskin jacket and his yeah. cool sunglasses. I, I have to say that in the very beginning, I was not buying his tough guy act. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it grew on me and it started to work. Yeah. Uh, but in the beginning, I was like, he's sticking out. It feels a little bit like he kind of like has to regress. Like he has to get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's acting at first until he kind of re-internalizes how this world works. Uh, one one clues, they call people civilians, people who aren't bikers, yes. right? So he's like, he uses kind of some some terms to, to sound legit to this mechanic and uh, asks if he knows a guy named Animal. I know six guys answering to that handle. <laughs> but he does this thing and he does this over and over. This is kind of his, this is Coop's thing where mm-hmm. he gets to a point where the person's like, I have nothing else to say to you. And he's just like, okay, fine. And he like turns to leave. And then the person's like, but I have something else. That, like, yeah, he's yeah. so cool <laughs> that the, he can't, other people can't let him walk away without finishing yeah. their thought. Um, <laughs> he, he kind of, he kind of negs them. It's kind of his, yeah. his approach, uh, which is, it works for him. I don't know. It's, it's kind of good. It fits very well with the character. And it reminds me of that first episode with him and Rockford, the, just the way they kind of got along where Jim was like, wait, you have more to tell me about this legal situation mm-hmm. I'm in. He goes, well, I, I'm not, I'm not at liberty to tell you that. And he goes, oh, you got to tell me that. You know, like it, it has a yeah. similar uh, vibe. But he gets tipped to a bar called Kilroy's. Kilroy's? You trying to make funny or something? I'm not kidding you. I think the guy that owns his name Kilroy. <laughs> We are going to take a little break in the middle of our episode here so that we can stretch, maybe get a beverage or a snack, and talk about the other places that you can find us on the internet. Epi, if our listeners want more Epi, where can they go to get Maximum Epi? You can find uh, me at my website, digathousandholes.com. That's dig1000holes.com. Or... You can get my sword and sorcery fiction and games at worldswithoutmaster.com. That's worlds, plural, master, singular. If you want to engage with me on the social medias, the best place to go right now is Mastodon at Epidia at dice.camp. Nathan, if they want to get Maximum Nathan, where do they have to go for that? I should have gone Maximum Nathan. Maximum Nathan can be found at my website 
ndpdesign.com. That's the hub for all my stuff on the internet, including all my uh, role-playing games, zines, and other podcasts. Uh, So if you're interested in pro wrestling detectives Mm -hmm. or zines about pro wrestling, (laughs) among other things, um, those are all at my website. It also has links to contact me in other ways. Currently, I'm still um, posting on Instagram at ndpaoletta. That's where I'm posting pictures of my dog. Uh, you can also find me at cohost, cohost.org slash NDP. That is a fun, small-scale social media site that I'm enjoying quite a lot. And now we return to the continuing adventures of Jimbo Rockfish. We go to Kilroy's where we see the gang is there. Whispering Willie is playing dumb pool tricks with Animal. <laughs> There's kind of a main corporate guy in a tan suit. I think it's mm-hmm. Phil. Uh, he... he rolls in with uh, one of the other corporate guys. So they're wearing suits and everyone else in this bar is, you know, a biker. Now I want to say like this, this scene that's coming up is, is a lot of fun. And like, the thing is I would have enjoyed it more if I didn't think, wow, all of these people are rapists, right? Like that's, that's one of the problems with this, this framing is that it's just like, uh, I I want them to be villains, but I don't want them to, you know, mm-hmm. I, I want to see their interaction. And well, anyways, uh, I'll, I'll let it go or for now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I know what you mean. Um, yeah. yeah, this is kind of one of my favorite tropes, though, where it's like the bad guy gets out bad guy. Um, yes, this is great. There's this there's this very ominous note where Willie picks up the eight ball from the pool table yeah. and is like playing with it while he's talking to the two guys. Che- Chekhov's eight ball. And they're saying, you're causing too much trouble. You need to get out of town. We get a little bit here. He's like, is this from the same guy? He used to be called Zorro. There's a guy in the tan suit. He's, you know, w- Willie is, is dressing down. Took a couple of kids into the Badlands and snuffed them. But that mm-hmm. was back when you were interested in the Rattlers instead of ham and cheese on rye, which is a good line. Yeah. They say he has to leave town in a day or less, or they'll see he leaves feet first. And then he walks away, and then he turns like he's going to whip that eight ball at him. But there's a shot. They brought their guns. Yes. Phil shoots Willie in the arm. And Willie just goes like, you shot me. <laughs> Which is pretty, pretty good. You got it, Willie. Now you get out of town or the next one goes through your head. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like Will- Willie's a bad guy, but these are hard guys, right? Yeah, yeah. They are matured villains. Yes. I guess it's what it is. And, yeah. And, yeah. They're the real trouble. Yeah. And so, like, that's one of my favorite dynamics. Uh, it's one reason why uh, it's, it's 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 my favorite moment in Star Wars, uh, which is when the Emperor arrives and mm-hmm. Vader is like he kneels. Everyone who's been terrified of Vader the entire time is now even more terrified of the yeah. worst guy who just showed up, and it's like such a wonderful shift. Um, yeah, so it's good stuff. I I, I like that a lot. Um, it's not really paid off because we don't really nothing about this has to do with the catering company. No, where it comes back again, the, these uh, very hardened suit criminals mm. will be with their family and definitely not the same. They're not putting on the same face that they're right, putting right. on right now. Yeah, but it's also great because the whole of the biker bar who have been delighting in in terrorizing people are terrified. Yeah. Of these two that like 
shot their leader, right? Mm-hmm. Like they like it was a moment of like, oh, whoa, wait a minute, yeah, we're not as immortal as we think we are. Those two guys, they they take off as Cooper rolls up and he sees their car drive off, and I thought yeah. there's a good moment for like something, but that doesn't end up being relevant. Inside, Willie's busting up the bar in anger and frustration with the old gang watching. Coop comes in and sits behind him at the bar where he's already trashed it, which is pretty good. And then he turns and sees this guy and raises his uninjured arm to, like, swing on him. And uh, Coop pops a switchblade in his face. Yes. He goes, I won't if you won't. (laughs) It is uh, fast. It stunned me. It was well done. Animal takes Willie out of there. The rest of the gang surrounds Coop. Uh, there's a, a greaser guy who says, we're the Rattlers, and you pulled a blade on our number one. <laughs> they they ask if he has colors, and he shows them his tattoo on his shoulder, which is from from, from the Black Shadow gang, uh, which has a, you know, it, it's dated. It says 1962 on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, know, they knew when he was out of the gang. Like, yeah. it was like a tombstone. It said from this year to this year, yeah. or something like that. But then our 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 big guy, uh, Lenny. Lenny, Lenny. But Lenny seems to wreck, and he who also seems slightly older. So he's taller than everyone else. He has the big handlebar mustache yeah. and a red bandana, and he seems to be kind of the like when Willie and Animal aren't around, he's the one he's, everyone else kind of follows his lead. So he's like Black Shadow, huh? West Virginia, right? <laughs> like that's right, Ace. No kidding. You you get the sense that he knows that gang was that was a good gang. <laughs> Like, yeah, he gives a little bit of respect to Coop based on that in a way that the other guys probably just don't, you know, don't yeah. know who that is. Right. So Coop can ride with Lenny. That's that's where we get from here. Um, we get a party scene. Uh, they're going to go. They're going to go on a run tomorrow. Um, first, we get the confrontation with Animal. Animal's the gatekeeper right mm-hmm. into the gang. And so Animal hassles Coop. Black Shadow, huh? Hey, I'm talking to you. Yeah, I can tell. Because your lips are moving. Now, you wouldn't be looking for more than just kicks, would you? I'm looking for trouble. Maybe you're it. Maybe you ain't. They end up by spitting on each other's shoes. Yeah. And that seems to uh, give him enough cred to, to let Lenny take him in. Uh, under his wing. I had to rewind the spitting on each other's shoes because I I couldn't tell. It is on each other's shoes. Like, Mm -hmm. Animal spits on his, and then he spits on Animal's. And uh, But I had this thought, like, when I first saw it, I thought Animal had spit on his boots, and then Coop just spit on his own boots. (laughs) I can spit better than you, buddy. Uh, But that is not what what happened. No, he's he's doing all the preening that he has to do to, you know, show that he... Wants to be part of the gang, I guess. Yeah, can ride with them. Yeah. Uh, it's time to party. Uh, Coop gets handed some pills, asks what they are, and Lenny says, who knows, brother? You either fly or you crash. <laughs> so now he's taking random pills with a bunch of bikers. And it is like, you know, he's a good 10 years older than everyone else. Yeah. Also, is part of yeah. the, the dynamic here. Um, Coop uh, regains consciousness amidst a bunch of passed out bikers and crawls his way to a payphone outside and calls Jim. He's still high. <laughs> yeah, I really expected the scene that shows he pocketed the drugs and pretended to take them, but he did not. He absolutely took the drugs. 
that's kind of the the part where he's like, "Yep, this is what this is how this goes." Like, yep, yeah. this is this is the life. I gotta I gotta turn that or turn off that part of my brain that's like, "This is a bad idea," right? And just go with it. But he manages to 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 have enough control of himself to tell Jim that he he got into the Rattlers and they're mm-hmm. gonna rip Billy Bob caterers tomorrow. And he's gonna ride with them. And he's trying to tell Jim something that he needs, and he can't quite get it out. And then Animal, who's also strung out, yeah, appears. He takes the phone. You know, who is this? And Jim thinks fast and is like, you you biker guys, stop harassing my daughter, right? So yeah. he's you know, covering for Coop, right? Um, they, you know, Animal gives him some, some vague threats and laughs and hangs up and then tells Coop that nobody calls out. Mm-hmm. They are both giddy and leaning on each other as they threaten each other. Animal, you and me, uh, we gonna tangle. <laughs> yeah. We are sure gonna do that. Uh, this is maybe my favorite exchange of the whole... <laughs> and I, I wrote this down because this line is... It's so wonderfully awkward. He just says, yeah, we are sure going to do that. <laughs> like, like, it was very, like, very stoned, very, yeah. like... Uh, I have to think through each word in this sentence. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's a beat, and then he gives Koopa a gut punch. Yeah. And lays him out, and then rips the payphone out so that, I guess, no one else can call out. <clears throat> we do go back to Jim, where he apparently has gotten discharged and is painfully putting on his clothes... Um, and we get a little bit of Rocky back at the trailer telling Jim that this is a bad idea. There is humor in the episode, but usually, you know, often Jim is the straight man creating comedy, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. a lot of the time, like he's not telling jokes, but a lot of time the humor is coming from him, his responses to things and his wryness. Yeah. This episode, he doesn't really have any of that. He is, he's past being right. jokey or being sarcastic. So... These are actually the most serious scenes with the ones that Jim is in, um, which is another kind of strange aspect, like just a tonally strange. Yeah, there's much I liked about that. The the phone conversation, uh, especially like Jim being fast on the draw and whatnot. But the tone problem, I made a note of that as well. Jim's situation reminds us of why we're here and what we're we're dealing with, uh, which I'm not saying it can't be done. I just don't think this episode did it right. Yeah. I don't think it mixed mm-hmm. that well. Again, this feels like two two different episodes with two very different feels slammed together in a way that doesn't mix well for me. But the upshot is that Jim, he's like, you know, I feel responsible. And Brock, he's like, it's not your fault. Like you didn't. Right. You can't be held responsible for what other people do. Right. Um, he's like, but I do feel responsible. Uh and I can't just sit around and wait to hear it on the news. He needs Dennis's help. Like, apparently he's already reached out because Dennis calls uh, at this point and tells him to leave the caterers alone. They're an upstanding company. There's no indication they're into anything. Coop said, you know, Coop is convinced that there's going to be, you know, a run on them tomorrow or whatever. And Dennis says, is this a joke? And Jim says, just show up in the morning. You can die laughing. But it's not delivered with any humor. Yeah. So we do have Dennis and Jim in Rocky's truck, uh, keeping an eye on Billy Bob caterers as the staff is loading into a bus to go on a company picnic. Coop said the Rattlers are going to rip this place. Maybe they're waiting for everyone to leave. And Dennis says that maybe Coop is wrong. Maybe he read the situation wrong. Um, 
he has a full morning even without this. It's a waste of time. He's leaving, and he thinks Jim should check himself back into the hospital. So Dennis leaves while Jim follows the bus, because he doesn't have anything else to go on, I guess. Yes. I wasn't looking forward to, to doing the notes for this one. Right. But I did keep looking at the timeline and be like, oh, this is moving along pretty quick. Like, yeah. we're basically at almost at the end. Yeah, yeah. The, the the pace is snappy and there's a lot and a lot of it is watching motorcycles ride around which is mm-hmm. a good amount of screen time which again i'll talk about that again in a second it, it is one of those episodes where if i were transcribing it i would mm. be i'd be like yeah that's great I, nobody's saying anything i can just <laughs> um this whole company picnic scene again like would would be just a ton of fun mm-hmm. there's so much fun in the middle of this episode mm-hmm. that I wish was out in a different episode, I guess is what I'm saying. You know, we're left with a minor question of like, maybe Coop got it wrong, but then we uh, cut to see the Rattlers putting on their colors, revving up their bikes, including a shot from the preview montage where Coop pulls down his shades and yeah. they go riding out. And then we have a back and forth montage of Jim watching the picnic, watching uh, the cookout get going. They're playing volleyball in a park, cutting back to the Rattlers on the road. And then we see, we come back to Jim and we see him hear the motorcycles. And then we see the corporate goons Mm -hmm. also hear the motorcycles and realize what it means and start yelling uh, specifically, get the kids inside because there's like people's families and their kids are there. And then the gang arrives and there's just havoc. Havoc ensues. Uh, there's a little action with the pickup, with Rocky's pickup here. Mm. It's very hard to tell what Jim's a lot of my notes right now are like, what, what's the plan, Jim? Yeah. Like, what, what's, uh, cause he drives into the chaos. There's a lot going on in this scene. And I think technically, you know, there's probably a lot of wrangling to do Yeah, and it's fine. It is confusing in terms of who is what, where and when, and maybe that's intentional because it is supposed to just be chaos. Yeah. Bikes are going through tables. Coop jumps off the bike and punches another guy before he can like grab someone. Mm-hmm. The, the like corporate goons are trying to like swing with, they have like makeshift weapons and they're trying yeah, to like yeah. swing at guys. Um, and these are all just kind of like shot to shot cuts of seeing like stuff happening and then in all that jim is driving the truck in and it's like i guess just to get in the way like maybe to block them from getting to the bus like yeah, slow things down there's one shot where the truck kind of goes through and then two bikes wipe out and i thought okay i think maybe they're, they're at least implying that jim driving through there caused them to lose control um coop jumps into the car with jim mm-hmm I mean, my notes are a little confused, too. I mean, I guess, again, it's just, I was at a certain point, I was just like, yeah, this is just, like, chaos and bedlam. But Willie yells to get out of there, and, like, five or six of the Rattlers all go off in a group, and Jim and Coop pursue in the truck. Yeah. And so that gets into our final sequence here, where... (laughs) We're unlucky enough to catch up with these dudes. You got any brilliant plans on how we should play it? I don't know. I'll have to give it some thought. Yeah, please... I do very much appreciate that Jim took a look at my notes and was like, <laughs> I need to I need to let the audience know that we don't have a plan like like that was good. So the the gang is down to like these. Yeah, like six motorcycles. Mm-hmm. They're pursuing in the truck and then the, the, the bikes start slowing down, which is ominous. And yeah. then when Jim gets too close, the guy in the back throws like a Maybe mortar oil or something. Um, something that breaks on the windshield and covers it in sludge so he can't see. There's a really good sense of, again, 
and they had this in the beginning too. Mm-hmm. And this is part of like uh, this. Wired is doing a great job here and uh, building this tension. Uh, Jim and Cooper are like, let's let's go chase him and save the day. And then as they're approaching this, they're like, what are we what are we gonna do? And then they're slowing down. They're like, oh no, they're slowing down, and they're starting to panic about that. Right? Like, there's this. It's it's the it's balance good. of control is not in their favor. Yeah. Yeah, and so once he can't see, they do have to stop, and then that's when the bikes turn around. They surround the truck, uh, tells Coop to stay in the truck. They have flashlights. They start rocking the truck, Mm -hmm. but then before the remaining gang can do anything, our boys in blue uh, do make their arrival. Dennis comes through to save the day. So, you know, the the gang's standing around with their hands up. The cops are Mm -hmm. arresting them and whatnot. Jim and Coop get out of the truck. Coop runs over to Willie. He's going to punch him. Jim grabs him. He's like, don't hit him. Don't hit him. Like, yeah, you know, the cops are going to take care of it. Right. That exertion hurts him. And he bends over to the side where presumably his his lung is his ribs or lung is. So he lets go of Coop and Coop is like, "Okay, okay," And he gets one good punch in on Willie's on (laughs) Willie's jaw. Um, Tells Dennis about the picnic site. Picnic says he has it covered. Uh, He got back to the station. and was worried about what was going to happen. He apparently ran a deep check on the catering company, and it turns out a bunch of retired Rattlers own it, and they have outstand- like outstanding warrants or something. So I guess that will all get worked out. So this is this is the other um, the other spot. Like okay, so before I mentioned Jim Ch- in the very beginning, Jim chases after him in the tow truck, and then we're not sure how the assault happens in the amount of time that mm-hmm. it takes Jim to catch up to them. Uh, this one, it really is kind of like, yeah, it's possible that Jim spent enough time alone at this picnic, but it just feels like a ton of stuff that Dennis did off screen after leaving Jim. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just another one of those, like, when did all of this happen? <laughs> is it this morning? Yeah, it, it, it all happened at the, at the speed of plot. Yeah. It all happened so that we could finish it here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Jim isn't looking too good. But Coop turns to Dennis and says, you've never looked better, Lieutenant. And he says, that's right, Coop. And don't forget it. And then they do the 80s hand clasp. Yeah. The two 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 bros. Uh, yeah. Broing down. Dennis kind of points the finger at Coop out of the, uh, the, the, the hand clasp. So that's good, I guess. I don't know. Again, it's like, yeah, it's it's triumphant in a way that feels a little like mm. wrong for this episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just keep harping on it, but like, there's so much in this episode. I would love if it removed itself from from this. And now we're going to get into a thing that I, I another problem I have with this episode. So, and I apologize. Yeah, we have our final scene where we get we get back to Gail. Uh, Gail is feeling much better. She's recovered to where you know she's able to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's she's better. Uh, yeah. It's Coop, Jim, and Rocky are visiting her. She wants to talk to Jim alone. Coop and Rocky leave. Uh, she thanks Jim. She says that she's decided to testify against the Rattlers, even though it's dangerous. Right. But she wants them to be put away. And Jim's like, I, you know, me too. <laughs> like, he's also yeah. going to do that. And then we uh, go to a final exchange. We never had our date. Oh, now that was my line. You jumped it. But you probably don't want to go out with me. I mean, you just did it because Johnny made you. That was last time. I gotta tell you something. You're something special. I'd be so happy to take you out. You just name it. Out we go. 
they, it ends with them both having, you know, smiles on their faces, hope for the future. Right. Some kind of, there's a positive note on which we end our episode. Yeah. And I'm not going to complain that there's a positive note, but I'm going to complain that there's a positive note. <laughs> <laughs> the problem with this ending for me is that it's very clean mm-hmm. for what it was, right? Like, uh, she thanks him for his part in getting vengeance, and this seems to have fixed her trauma. I, she's not, she doesn't feel, like, completely fixed or anything mm-hmm. like that, but, like, um, she was not responding to Coop last we saw her. Mm-hmm. And now she's flirting with yeah. Jim. Yeah, I mean, presumably right? like time a, has elapsed, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not like this is the next day. Yeah, but I, I guess like the thing that kind of, it, it just kind of troubles me that this wraparound story, the motivation, and when we come back to it, uh, just follows this really kind of played out trope. Now, it's a played out trope that exists pretty prominently in the 70s and uh you know uh, we are now 50 years later when, <laughs> when did this episode uh, we're, we're yeah, coming on almost. a half century later so i'm not gonna like you know take what my modern understanding of all of this is and like 79 so yeah yeah 44 years <laughs> yeah <laughs> i guess the thing is is that uh, what really bugged me about this episode was that there was plenty of really good, good Rockfordishness that I want to celebrate. I mm-hmm. want to enjoy, and I couldn't let myself enjoy because yeah. of uh, the the nature of the motivation. But uh, as we were doing this, I was thinking because you and I have been at this. This is something that we keep kind of going on and on. Somebody, <laughs> somebody uh, a, a fan of the show and local friend, uh, alerted. Uh, me to that there were a few other Rockford Files podcasts out there mm-hmm. uh, now and said that uh, he had trouble finding us on a particular um, podcasting platform. And I was like, yeah, we'll look into that. That's fine. And then I I, I was like, but we only have like a year left. <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, that's where we are right now. Mm-hmm. And when I think back on it from a television show of this era, the number of episodes that left me feeling uncomfortable are three two mm-hmm. i don't I, I can i can name two off the top of my head and i bet you there's yeah. a third one which is really good like when you think about it right like considering all of it yeah yeah the 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 hit rate i mean there's one reason we have continued to do the show is because the hit rate is high um like yeah. i think I, I i mumbled it may i don't know if it made the edit or not but uh flipping through the the fifth season entries in the book uh, to find this one to look at that quote, I was like, "Oh yeah, these are there's a lot of bangers." Yeah. Like, like <laughs> yeah. I'm just going through. I'm looking at episode titles. I'm like, "Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one too. Yeah, yep, that was a good one." You know, um, we have an elevated baseline of like, "Yes, we're going to enjoy this episode." Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this one just there's something. I guess I continue hedging because I really don't want to sound like you can't put problematic things on TV. Right. That's not what I'm trying to say. But you got to be intentional about it, I think, is the thing. I guess that's the thing, though. This is intentional. Like, this is a super mm-hmm. intentional episode. Um, yeah. You don't have multiple lines of dialogue about w- running a train on on a mama mm-hmm. from your uh, uh, villains and then right. having that be followed through on. You know, that's not an accident, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's, not, it's less that it doesn't seem thought through and more that it just seems... And again, maybe this is just the distance. Maybe it's just how times have changed or maybe it's just mm-hmm. my personal what i enjoy interacting with in my fiction but like it just seems clumsy yeah it's a little cake and eat it too i guess is is Mm -hmm. what i 
they, they're like, let's do this, but let's also make it a fun Rockford Files episode. I guess that's what I was trying to get to earlier with um, uh, was saying it was almost like not quite dire enough. Yeah. Like yeah. for a revenge story, there's not really any revenge. Mm-hmm. They go to they're going to go to jail or whatever, which is like the same consequences for any villain in a Rockford Files episode. When you think about this punch, like at the end, right? Coop yeah. gets a punch in, right? And you think about, um, I cannot remember the name of the episode, but the one where Dennis lets Jim punch. It's the movie where... Oh, yes. He lets... Yes. Yeah, where he gives Jim some time alone with the Russian, like, torturer guy. Yes, right? And this torture... Yes. And um, I, that that is more satisfying. And mm-hmm. I think that... Um, I think... Partly because it's not Coop's punch, right? Like, yeah, like Gail. Well, he's not getting. He's avenging. He's not getting yeah. vengeance, right? To, yeah, to yeah. split a hair, and is that what Gail wants? I guess, yeah, like, maybe. I don't know. Like, we don't get enough Gail. Uh, like, we don't. It's not Gail's story. She's just there to motivate it, yeah. and that's that's fundamentally the problem. Yeah, I'd agree with that. One thing I kept on saying, I'm going to talk about this, and then I did oh, yeah. was about the motorcycles and how another issue that I had tonally was that the way that the motorcycle gang is filmed and the way that we see them move through the space and move on the screen, mm-hmm. at least to me, felt very, let's look at these cool motorcycles. Yeah. It was very... Um, uh, celebratory uh, visually of like right the gang in yeah. a way that I would associate with you know I don't know like Mad Max or something where it's like yeah that's not the first one because that one's much darker but like the you know Ro- Road Warrior where it's yeah. like here's a bunch of cool weird stuff sure they're mm-hmm. bad but they're in a bad world so right. we get to kind of celebrate some of the aesthetics um, and I get that everyone likes. You know, everyone likes motorcycles. I'm not saying they're not cool to film because they are. And I guess that's right. part of it. I'm like, yeah, those are cool motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Look at all those rapists riding cool motorcycles. Yeah. Like just that particular jar was with their swastikas on their helmets. And yeah, like... Willie has a swastika helmet in the first scene. And I was yeah. like, oh, boy. I mean, fine. Like, that's accurate, I guess. Right. But like and it doesn't show up again later. Um, I think it's just kind of establishing. But it's like. There's no holding him back about, like, the bad things and bad opinions in addition to bad actions that these guys have. Yeah. Uh, and having that feel like it's being celebrated on the screen in a little bit, mm-hmm. in a way, also added to my discomfort with wanting to continue sitting with the episode. So yeah. I guess that's a backhanded count compliment to, uh, to, to our boy Wired. Um, like, those yeah. some cool-ass motorcycles that you showed us. Yeah. I do not disagree with that. I mean, like, this is this is a this is a far larger problem than anything. The Rockford Files. We we already brought up one meme. Uh, there's that meme. the The version of it that I see is Judge Dredd uh, shooting over someone's the car, a cartoon of someone, and the, the cartoon of someone is staring at Judge Dredd, going, "What a cool outfit!" You know, mm-hmm. like look look at his neat weapon. Whatever, and the yeah. the bullet is going over, and it's saying like uh, commentary on fascist police force. Right. You know, it's it's going over your head. It's like when um uh when like conventions back when we would go to conventions mm. would be like, yeah, there's a we've got a bunch of people here in uh, stormtrooper outfits. Why don't we have them do security? It's like, oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> so 
Do you know who they were in the movies? Yeah. Do you know what they were a metaphor for? <laughs> like, yeah. oof, oof. Uh, and and in the end, stormtroopers are just Disney characters now. It doesn't matter. But um, that's not the case here, though. And uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's just a problem with media in general. It's hard not to glorify cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe to kind of start start wrapping up, there's a, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was looking at the IMDb reviews on this episode and the rating is not particularly high. It's not particularly low. Most of the most Rockford file IMDb ratings are between like 6.9 and 7.6, mm-hmm. something like that. Like, and this is solidly in that range. Um, but the written reviews, I thought they were going to be more critical and they're mostly positive along yeah. the line of of like the Rockford files has a serious side. Here's an episode that shows the range of the show, how they could take on a serious topic and, and have that be, you know, part of the series. And, and I guess I don't disagree with that sentiment. I just, maybe that's a function of the time that's elapsed. I, but I, yeah, it's not like a nuanced look at it, how the ripple effects of sexual violence can affect a family. Right. Or something that is where I would probably be more. Right. Yeah. This would it's, be resonating with me more as, as an exploration of a topic I don't enjoy. If right. it was more like that, it's a little more surface of like bad thing happens to make hero go get revenge right. for bad thing. And like, I think the fact that it could be Jim got beat up real bad and we could have the same episode yeah. makes it makes that that high that really high stake. Here's the motivator. Here's the motivation event. Here's what happens to this person. It feels out of scale almost because what happens after didn't have to be that serious to motivate. Right. Yeah. I think to tease out why I don't really feel like this is actually doing a, a great job of like treating a serious topic it's like it's portraying a serious topic and i think right. that is that is a strength the show has it can portray serious topics just fine but yeah i don't know if that's a distinction without a difference no i think i think you're right i mean like we could uh take up more airtime that we don't want to that we want to uh but um we can contrast it with ones where we do think uh, it tackles a serious topic and does it, does it well. Like, uh, I mean, obviously things like, so help me God or house on Willis Avenue, a tackle, like bring things to light that we don't normally do. I do think there's like the nature of it being sexual assault does differentiate it. And so I'm thinking like, is that, are there, is there another episode that I feel like handles there's like some mental health issue episodes yeah. that I think kind of fly fly closer to this than um, mm-hmm. and I, I think for the most part do okay like it, yeah. especially given what they what they understand at the time um, but yeah I like that's the thing like we I don't think this episode uh, stands up well if you look at the seriousness of it mm-hmm. I think it does do okay when you look at like uh, if, if you're able to shut that out and put that on the side then like you know there's a lot of like we said there's a lot of good cinematography in it there's a lot like it's made Mm -hmm. of good parts yeah yeah it's just when it was put together it it just these parts weren't meant to be put together yeah i'm 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 just scrolling through our episodes to see if there's like something that i would compare it to to try and be like here's where we had a, a better conversation about this yeah 
I mean, um, uh, one that comes to mind uh, is the first Gandhi one, right? Mm-hmm, which, yeah. which was pretty dark. Yeah, uh, the hammer and, C-block, yeah. And I think they handled it well. The 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 thing about the, the Gandhi one was just that, that they then they went on and uh, made Gandhi into the character we love. <laughs> right, yeah. I was thinking maybe, like, in terms of, like, a tonal mm-hmm. variation, um way back our third episode sleight of hand which is the one that's that's based on a on a short story or a novel or something mm-hmm. and is where jim is like seeing a woman who who just like disappears right and then he tries to yes. like, track her down and yes it turns out that she's murdered i think there's something about that one just as i'm kind of trying to think through what we've talked about before there's something about that one where like the tone of that one is very dark it's Mm-hmm. Uh, in a way that's similar to this, where like the humor feels a little out of place, and that yeah, that's first season, right? Like that's when they're yeah. like drawing on other material because they don't quite have the character yet. Yeah, but yeah, I think maybe you're right that some of the some of the episodes that are touch more on like mental illness are probably in a closer yeah. range. And it's not like it can't like this show has tackled a lot of serious issues. Yeah. Uh, Rita Moreno's uh, she you know plays the yeah. sex worker that they very they humanize and uh, you know and then there's like like larger topics that like you know we kind of need to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, the the uh, very prophetic House on Willis Avenue. Uh, this th- it's a totally different episode structure wise, but Requiem for a Funny Box. Where yes. it has that like hard shift with the the mobster who yes. puts out a hit on his own gay son for being gay, like that's kind of in a similar realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very different episode. The structure of it's totally different. It, it's not an exploration of that, but right. in terms of kind of something with a similar weight to it, I guess that one um, comes to mind. So yeah, I don't know. This is this is all to say that clearly this uh, was was a bit of a a bit of a conflicted watch. Yeah. A little, little bit of a bummer for us. But a little bit like, of a bummer. It's fine. We can get them every so often. Yeah. I'd rather have the show have the occasional episode where they try for something and it just doesn't exactly. work than yeah. be watching the umpteenth Jim gets stiff by a client episode. Right, right. Like which, the, I mean they're all which are also good episodes, but like yeah. <laughs> you know, the 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 variety is important. And part of the DNA of the show is like they did try stuff. Yeah, they wanted to talk about different things with different episodes. I just feel like this particular episode is just not not Candle's best work. Yeah, based on where I sit, this is kind of my takeaway. Also, I'm very I'm very glad that we have uh, at least two more of our episodes to do of <laughs> Wired, so we don't mm-hmm. end the Wired uh, run on this one. <laughs> Which I. I got. I got to admit, I I was tempted to do just based on the title alone. It I does was like, have one of the best titles. I was like, I like that title. Let's end on that. Yeah, and then the I, Return of the Black Shadow is a is a good title. Yeah. Well, I think think we've we've gotten <laughs> we've we've gotten what we're going to get out of this one. Um, yeah. Obviously, we're always interested to hear uh, what you have to say about our episodes. Hopefully, this one made some sense through all the uh, hemming and hawing and qualifications. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> I know I do that. Uh, and and we're done with Coop. That was, uh, you know, that's our last, except for except for a vaguely uncredited voice appearance. <laughs> well, we'll get to that one. We'll, so we'll, we'll get to that one eventually. We'll wrap him that way. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I guess one 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 positive takeaway is certainly would have would have watched a Coop drama. 
Yeah. Coop or undercover. dramedy. Yeah. Coop, Coop <laughs> yes. undercover where he has to infiltrate all kinds of different gangs and, yeah. and things, uh, in pursuit of, of justice, uh, would watch that. I would absolutely watch it. All right. Well, we do have what? Two more episodes before we get to our conclusion. Yeah. Um, so we have plenty of the, the summer, the summer of wired is uh, <laughs> unfolding a pace before us. So we will be back next time to talk about another episode directed by William Wired of the Rockford Files. <laughs>